given me a new perception and that perception has given me a new vision and I look at Smackdown and how amazing it is and I wonder where do I fit in and after a lot of self-reflection the answer became very clear to me I am the great leader that SmackDown needs to push it into the future and make it greater than it already is. Because success and leadership, it's not about what you can do for me. It's about what I can do for you because I can be your leader. I can be your teacher. I can be your father, your mentor. All you have to do for a better tomorrow, a better SmackDown, all you have to do is embrace the vision. my vision, I knew you would see it, of all the people. But wait a minute, so much for embracing the vision, and Rollins now goes right after Cesaro and takes him out of the knee, and Seth Rollins is irate. Well, it's pretty apparent that Seth Rollins has not changed for the better. Oh, because the SmackDown locker room refused to embrace the vision. And you don't have to agree with what Seth Rollins said, but Seth believes what he said. Now Daniel Bryan coming out to the aid of his uh, fallen tag team partner here tonight, Cesaro. <laughs> All right, okay, well, uh, welcome everybody to the PWC Presents SmackDown Review. Um, I'm gonna do things in a little bit of a different order here uh, because normally I would introduce Normally I would do the introductions in an opposite order. I'm gonna go ahead and introduce myself first because I'm the one talking and I get to introduce myself whenever I want to. I'm Christopher Rams, that's AMBS, uh, like lambs with no L or bullshit in the morning. You know that already, you've heard that already, you're gonna keep hearing it, get used to it. Um, the first person I'm gonna introduce is actually gonna be Jeff Lippman because he's my normal co-host now for the SmackDown review. Jeff, how's it going buddy? It's going well, but I think of minor correction, I'm your regular 
co-host, normal, not so sure, yeah, but yes, I am the foreign object, Jeff Lippmann, in this international coalition where I am El Gringo, El Gringo Loco uh, in this group. So I'm pleased to be here for the third week in a row and, and hired regularly. The benefits package is amazing and I'm really <laughs> excited to be talking about SmackDown. So let's turn it over to your former partner and now your trios uh, champion. He's like the he's like well, the Pac of this group. He's in, he's out, he's there, he's not. He's a part of the triangle, and then he isn't. And then sometimes he shows up, and he's you know a heel all of a sudden again. Jimmy, I, I how have, the fuck's us? I have inside information on this, Chris. I have inside information. He's had some serious wallaby problem, and oh. it's hard to get imports from the Northwest Territories where they need the parts for his wallabies. <laughs> well. Since I'm the heel boys, right? And since I'm the bastard of the group, right? <laughs> of this trio, right? I just want to say, screw the both of yous, all right? <laughs> because you know what? You know what? I am the puck and bastard of the group. And guess what? You're going to have to have me here, whether you boys like it or not. It's the triangle, all right? Not the square, not the straight line, not the fucking octagon, whatever the fuck that is. It's the trio. So yeah, welcome me. I'm here. So uh, thank you for having me, boys. <laughs> Isn't that weird? So why am I saying that? I know that's why uh, I said that. <laughs> and the foreign object. You know what? From now on, he's. The, I don't know who Jeff is, but he's the foreign object, Chris. Okay, that's he's excellent. the foreign object. We'll just. I'm the bastard when it comes to SmackDown. He's the foreign object. And your AMBS bullshit I, I, in the morning with that. Exactly. I'm going to keep going with my last name because I'm just super egotistical and I like repeating my name <laughs> so that people can remember uh. what my name is because that's important to me because I'm an egotistical asshole from the middle of nowhere in Canada. Um, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. I'm going to try Ontario, to recover. Damn it. <laughs> I'm going to try to recover. Um, so the show starts off, uh, Jeff, anybody who's been listening to us review this show is already going to know exactly who comes out to start the show. But Jeff, who do you think might have started SmackDown this week? Um, Trojan Tyrant? Yes. Whoa. Uh, Spartan Savior? That guy. What's his, what's his, what's his Christian name, Jeff? Oh, um, Roman <laughs> Reigns. Bottom, bottom, bottom. Oh. I can't use it. Oh. Yeah. Flanked, well, the by, flanked by the another guy who loves his name, Paul Heyman, and <laughs> Jey Uso, or at least we're, we're, we believe it's Jay. And, uh, you know, Paul is looking <laughs> lovingly at Roman, and Jay is doing his usual acting like a 14 boy, sort of clasping him <laughs> down, looking excited. So, yeah. Same same beginning as pretty much every week. Yep. It's so we basically got to. Feel... Gotta, we, we... Go ahead. So so do we do we have a like a dinner table in the ring and do we have a serving of food? That would be amazing. Uh, that would I be mean, amazing. Something different would be fun. This is starting to feel like the authority <laughs> again. Like every goddamn week, it starts off with the same goddamn entrance. Like just give us something different. Anything. Like show yeah. show Roman Reigns eating at a restaurant. I I'd be down to see <laughs> how much of a prick that character could be at a restaurant with a bib with a bib on. The head of the table is so good. Yeah, cow. literally, literally. <laughs> with but in particular, he needs to have those you know the crab bibs you know with the two crab 
<laughs> things and, are, you and the, set... are you doing bibs or like the the, the claw crackers the claw crackers need to be on the bib and in, oh, in the so middle pincers they're called pincers oh whatever the fuck it's called pincers right but in between those pincers right uh-huh. it's got to say the head of the table and and then he's rocking it you know what i mean and then we really do have the head of the table nothing says badass like a bib <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! No, I mean, oh, what a start! Even Raw gave us a different beginning, which gave us hope. Now it was false hope, but even Raw did a Definitely. different beginning. It didn't start with Drew coming in, but yes, this was at least Adam Pierce was in the ring waiting for them. Yes, oh. he was. Oh, and well, speaking of, and speaking <laughs> of the whole idea of a restaurant, uh, Roman said that Adam Pierce is there to serve him. So I was expecting like at least drinks i mean they've got a goddamn sommelier on the show <laughs> like what is he serving him? i, I was very confused how, how, how much would you have marked out if adam pierce said even under his breath into the camera to serve you it's a cookbook <laughs> i would have marked out i definitely would have marked out oh um, boy even better though imagine they do release a cookbook and it's called the head of the table literally tell me that would not fucking be a new york bestseller yeah but you know then we would get the red velvet cookbook from aw immediately <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> well what a start we have to that the, what this is a doozy yeah. of a start Can we do take twos on pwc no <laughs> oh, this is great i love no, this this, this, is, this is awesome this is you know hilarious. what i mean these are right <laughs> This is awesome. So go ahead, Chris, since you're the head of the table today. So all right. Yeah. Go ahead, um, my man. Okay. So Roman is a little bit rambly here. First he says he wants to talk about Edge, but then he says he doesn't want to talk about Edge because Edge isn't here and he doesn't want to talk about Edge. But he wanted to talk about Edge, but now he doesn't want to talk about Edge. It's kind of like the idea of the Trinity for the early Christian church, you know. God and Jesus <laughs> and the Holy Ghost are one because they're kind of one and sort of one and almost one, but not really one, but they're but one, not really one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, deep dig there. Um, <laughs> basically, Edge will have oh, to wait. Um, they talk about the elimination. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> this is an awesome start. I've got to say, fellas, uh, he's reminding me of the skirmish already because yeah. we were off Batista to a laugh. has nothing on you. <laughs> Freaking Deacon Batista, man! Thank Nothing you, on Chris. Thank Nothing you, on the AMBS. That's right. especially I... that without the L. If you had the L, then you'd definitely be like it would be a real Christian sort of show. Yeah, yeah lions I mean, to lambs. Yeah, right. I'm, I right. I am the lamb of not God. <laughs> um, I don't know how to segue <laughs> from that. Uh, I do. With a lamb, you can make a good gyro, and we have the best gyro yes. in all of Melbourne. Right. Not just Melvin, Melbourne. my friend, but all of the cosmos, bro. <laughs> all right. The, the the whole cosmos, right? And especially you got to try my secret recipe when it involves tzatziki, which is the garlic sauce yes. of, of with the yogurt. gyro. Can, with yogurt, yes. Question, What's Do you that, spell Jeff? cosmos with a C or a K? Well, that depends. If we're talking Greek, it's with a K because there's no C in I'm the Greek alphabet. Right. Well, technically, it's with a K, but if we're talking English, like we are right now, it's with a C. <laughs> After the A, it's a K, man. It's a K, man. It's a K. Yeah, it's a K. Okay. It's okay. a K. Okay. Oh, it's like, okay. Right. But anyway, 
There have been so many Ks in the last two minutes here that we couldn't fit them all in the Elimination Chamber, which is what we're talking about next as Paul Heyman starts talking about the Elimination Chamber. Um, he says that Roman doesn't want to be in the Elimination Chamber match. Um, you know, wonderful stuff here as you're just allowed to do whatever you want in, in the WWE, which... No, it wasn't know, that... Adam Pierce had a portfolio with him and inside was the contract. And Paul looked it over <laughs> in about seven seconds. And he said, this doesn't say that Roman Reigns has to be in the elimination chamber match. It says he has to be at the elimination chamber <laughs> match. Wow. Yes. Well, 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 so remember I told you that there was going to be sort of this lawyerly one upsmanship gamesmanship going on between Adam Pierce and Paul Heyman. Mm -hmm. they, they sort of undersold it, but it is a continuation of that sort of theme. So what you're really saying, Jeff, is they're basically saying to each other whose dick is bigger, basically, right? That's exactly what they were saying, yes. <laughs> actually, well, in that case... Por portfolio actually means big dick in, in, <laughs> in uh, Macedonian. Not, not Greek Macedonian, but, but Balkan Thank Macedonian. You. Thank you very much. That's Northern Macedonia. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Not, not Macedonia. Let's get that. Let's get that cleared up. I'm not <laughs> sure what the Biden administration recognizes. I, you know, I've got to <laughs> stay, I've got to stay with the state department here. Well, that's for another show. <laughs> so, but anyway, since we are talking about ancient, uh, civilizations back to the Roman empire, we go. <laughs> yeah. So apparently the Roman empire. Ahead, exactly. So, uh, so Pierce says, okay, you don't have to be in it, but, uh, you know, I'm going to fill the chamber match with people who I think are deserving. There are two superstars who I already think deserve a shot. One of them is Jay Uso, and the other one is Kevin Owens. And the way that he said Kevin Owens and the way that they had the piped-in noise react to the fact that he said Kevin Owens was like, oh, my God, Kevin Owens is going to be in the match? We're going to get to see Kevin Owens like, really? maybe compete against Roman Reigns again? Like, like actually kevin owens guys like i just i died inside a little bit i was like I, why i love ko like he needs to fuck off for a little bit now that was ridiculous man uh, he's as flat as the earth just kidding deep dog uh, deep except deep. not really though because not that flat though chris that's that's the problem yeah um according to vince why are they bothering with this with ko again i like, can somebody give me an answer as to what the fuck they're thinking? Oh, sure. No, no. I actually got a memo from Vince McMahon on this exact subject. He said, why? Because fuck you. That's why. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's fat. <laughs> then he called me fat too. And he said, I was fired. I said, I don't even work for you. He said, I don't care. You're fired. Well, if anticipatory termination. Well, if Vince was an Australian, right? You know what he would really say? No. He's a fat cunt. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> He's a fat cunt. I've never That's wanted Australian Vince more than ever before. But, <laughs> but we do have Rupert Murdoch. It's sort of the same thing. Right, right, right. <laughs> Except he's he's just. He's just a clown, though. But that's another show. But anyway, <laughs> Canada has no awful people ever. I'm just no, we don't no, no doubt. You are the nicest people on all of the cosmos. Chris. Yeah, you got rid of that one drunk mayor, the one drunk <laughs> mayor from Toronto. Yeah, I mean, technically oh, yeah, he yeah, overdosed yeah. and his brother Ford. is currently in charge of Ontario. But yeah, I mean. Oh, so he did die. His brother did die, didn't he, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, oh, sorry, I'm glad. No shit. I thought it was the fucking, I thought I was tripping, dude, because they looked the same. And I thought I was getting the Mandela effect. 
And then I was really <laughs> tripping because I'm like, I'm sure this guy was dead. How is he still alive? And for a minute, I started thinking, was I dreaming that shit that Ford died? But I'm glad you cleared that up, man, because I was starting to get worried with myself and my way of thinking. So he did die, and they were twins, basically, because they look exactly the no, same. They're actually uh, quadruplets. Uh, Boris what? Johnson is is in England, and Gary Busey, <laughs> a very successful actor in Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, my God. Gee, he's got a fucking head on him, Boris Johnson, seriously. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, so this is the SmackDown Your Vote show tonight. So, uh <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're we talking politics. On. And uh, you know what right. goes well with politics is pantsuits. Uh, Sonia Deville <laughs> is backstage wearing one of those. Uh, looking like. What are you really trying to say? Looking uh, like the absolute best version possible of AOC. I, you know, AOC uh, wishes she could look like this. Um, anyway, she has a tag match set up. Uh, you, I, see, that was God punishing you. <laughs> she has a tag match set up for Ray and his weirdo son against Zane and King Corbin. Uh, and the winner, the winners are going to join the chamber match because Jeff, I don't know if you knew this about WWE, but it's, it's illegal for them to try to set anything up until one week before the pay-per-view. And then they have to make all of the decisions that night in front of the camera like there's no pre-planning in wwe were you aware of this of this law of this rule i was not aware of that until i reviewed the shareholders quarterly report which uh, had a link to the bylaws and in fact it's in there it was amended three week three years ago that there oh. was no advanced booking was allowed but th- listen oh. so this was actually pretty good because we sort of glossed over it because it was well probably my fault but roman was getting into adam pierce's face a little bit and sort of threatening him, and Adam Pierce was sort of varying from being afraid to not being afraid. But the bottom line is, is that Roman said, "You need to make an elimination chamber match tonight, you know, and, and figure it out." And so Adam Pierce was sort of fretting a little bit, like, "What's going on? This is terrible." And then Sonya Deville came over to him and said, "This is really terrible, but I have an idea." So the way that she's been sort of like she's almost like MJF to Jericho in the inner circle, <laughs> like she's going to sort of take over at some point. Uh, so she said, well, there's nothing that says that we can't make the tag team match that we already have planned for tonight a qualifying match. So we have Ray Mysterio and Dominic ready to face uh, King Corbin and Sami Zayn. So how about the winners? They qualified. He's like, that's a great idea, Sonia. You saved me again. And this is this is every couple of weeks you're going to see that she's going to save his skin, but she's not really saving right. his skin. She's going to build the money, right? Billy right. Kay's gonna Billy Kay's gonna be politicking for her pretty soon. Uh, um, so yeah, so anyway, there's a tag team match. Sammy coming in with his film crew, he's still going on about how he's screwed about everything, his his undisputed intercontinental belt, and somehow being in this match to get an opportunity in the elimination chamber for a title match is him further evidence of being screwed because he's so good that he should just, you know be in the elimination chamber if not a title match itself in any event we get match 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 there was a double 619 which was pretty good and then all of a sudden something happened and sammy gave a haluma kick to dominic the heels won they're going to the elimination chamber which actually i thought was the right decision and and that was just fine by me we still don't know what ray's way is or who the guy was who was supposed to train 
Dominic, but I'm getting more and more sure that it was supposed to be Lars Sullivan who disappeared around the same time though those <laughs> that storyline disappeared. Well, I hope it wasn't supposed to be Lars Sullivan training uh, Rey Mysterio's son, Dominique, because, uh, yeah, that's another story. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead, Chris. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, like, as I'm watching this match, I just kept thinking, because the, the commentators keep talking about how, oh, they're, they're competing for a great opportunity. Does anybody else remember that night that Mike Tyson had to go through all 10 of the top 10 heavyweights in the same night? And then after he won, if he won against all oh, of, of them, course. he would then get an immediate did. shot against the champion that night after going through 10 other men. Does anybody remember that match? No. I definitely oh. remember he finally figured out that when Bald Bull's eyes turned red, that that's when you hit. <laughs> that's a that is a deep cut worthy of the PWC, my friends. Thank you for that. Thank you. Definitely, that was... definitely. <laughs> Shout out to like Mike Tyson Punch Out. Fantastic. Okay, um, <laughs> great game. I still play that to this day. But honestly, though, guys, is it just me or like? What, am I just thinking too much about it? But every time they mentioned this stipulation, I just kept laughing. Like, what? <laughs> you have to go through the chamber match first, and then you get a totally fresh Roman Reigns. Okay. Yep. That's the dumbest stipulation I ever heard tonight. Well, I didn't know. When did this happen? But yet, Drew McIntyre has to be in the match, right? Right. See, that's the thing. I didn't mind it because I heard stupid. I heard stupid on Monday. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> has to be in the match. This this actually was clever. They they lawyered or weaseled their way out of it using a technicality. I didn't really mind it. I didn't I don't I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was better than Raw. I mean, the first ninety minutes of Raw I thought was absolute ass. I thought the second ninety minutes was was actually okay. Um, That's I strange. The first hour of SmackDown was good. It went pretty fast, but the second hour dragged. Mm. Well. This was the worst SmackDown in, in probably five weeks. I'm going to have to agree on that. Yeah, it's 100%. Been, it's been pretty good, and this one was not great on a number of levels. Um, anyway, next up here, we've got Dolph Ziggler and Rude. They're backstage. Uh, they want to get into the chamber match. Uh, they're basically told that, uh, you know, if you beat Brian and Cesaro tonight, then you'll get in, or if they win, then they get in. Um not really much there in terms of a backstage thing. There was a little bit. There was a little bit there. There was there was one Jeffism, and then there's one thing that was sort of a little bit important, or at least made sense. The Jeffism is that it's still not clear if they're Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode or Robert Roode, or if they're the Dirty Dogs, or if they're the two aces, because they still refer to themselves sometimes as the Dirty Dogs, but the shirts are gone, and they and they come in as Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, and and, and this bothers me because it bothers me. Um, the part that made sense is that they were trying to politic Sonya Deville sort of with her own idea with Corbin and Zayn, uh, but she was like, oh, so you, you want to be in the same pod, which I guess means they would fight each other. Um, and they're like, no, 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 separate pod, separate pod. So they would come out separately or, or not have to be against each other. Whatever it was, they were sort of trying to go through the rules in a not rule, not just laying out the rules of the elimination chamber. So there was a purpose to this segment. Now, if you don't already know what the elimination chamber is, I don't think that this actually helped you understand it any better. But I think that that's what they were trying to do, which 
was okay. And I did appreciate that the Dirty Dogs tried to convince Sonia that her own idea was a good idea. And she sort of outsmarted them again and say, hey, you can earn it by facing Cesaro and Daniel Bryan. Which then brought us to Big E going to the match, you know, to the ring for his match for an open challenge, which of course led us to his open challenge, which was Reginald carrying champagne backstage. Mm. So, (laughs) well, Jeff, I just want to say I'm glad you brought up Reginald because isn't he the modern day Virgil, pretty much? Stop it. You know he is. You know I'm right. Reginald is a highly paid, (laughs) highly trained sommelier. He is fine right. taste in, in champagne. He's a man. He's a man of grace and dignity. And and, and by the way, since we were talking about um, Tori Storm earlier, I am much more of a Carmella type than the Tony Storm type. Oh, so you you like horse faces, do you? I could live with the face, but the face the face, <laughs> the, the, the face is not the cell. <laughs> And by the way, also, uh, Reginald offered champagne to uh. Sasha, who again was was back with Kalisto for no apparent reason. Uh. Uh, he did apologize to Sasha and left her with some champagne. And she says, you bet you apologize. You bet it's not going to happen again, which of course means it's going to happen again. But I'm just going to try to figure out what exactly Kalisto's role is. I mean, he, he's somehow more inept than Garza is at romancing. He he didn't even say Mama Sita this week, which like I mean I thought that was the whole thing they were well, doing with me. him was every once in a while he's backstage with someone and he uses the word Mama Sita, but he didn't even get to do that this week. And I gotta be honest, man, I was disappointed. Like I, I need that well, I need that Mama Sita throwback. I, I think that it's your fault. I think he heard you and I think he thought that you were mocking him. So if he's still listening this week, maybe he'll know and next week if he says it, we'll, we'll know that my theory is correct. Oh, no, no, Calisto, lo siento. Um, I like that you're doing the Mamacita thing. You should definitely do more Mamacita things. There's another yeah, deep yeah. cut for you. Yeah, he, he, he needs his own my whole thing because I don't know what's going to work for that fellow otherwise. What happened to the piñatas? That's what I want to know. He is a piñata. Oh, oh, I, I see. <laughs> Jesus. My mom Anywho. used to make piñatas that were bigger than Callisto. But anyway, okay, moving on here. Um, yeah. I used to take bigger shits than Callisto, by the way. But oh, anyway. no. Radio edits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Biggie is in the ring. He's been there for a while. I'm not sure if he was just cooling down or exactly what was going on, but he's been in there for for like a couple of commercials at this point. I'm not exactly sure if he's hyping up the non-existent crowd or if he's just looking at all of the TV screens. Maybe he was... Maybe he was having a picnic. Maybe he was just garb- carving up. Um, anyway, he's got a couple maybe. of pop culture lines. He said that uh, he, just like Tom Brady on a celebration bus, he managed not to fall. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Because Tom Brady gets <laughs> drunk after he wins the Super Bowl and almost fell down, um, and he also <laughs> said that uh, just like Gorilla Glue and hair, the bond is strong between him and the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Ooh, that one popped. Start shaking the hips for that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this was just Biggie being Biggie. Um, Apollo comes out. Uh, I got to be honest with you. Uh, in the past, I've seen Apollo talk a little bit, and he has always come across as being a little awkward. He did not 
in this segment come across as being awkward. He came across as being very straightforward, very much to the point. And I, like, there was some believability to his attitude during this promo. I like this a lot. There was also believability to Big E's reaction to it as well. And, and at first I didn't, but I learned to like it that the mic was lower. It made it feel more real. You had a little trouble hearing them at first, but then they, they did something to make it so they was turned up a bit. But basically it's like saying, you just think you get an opportunity, you want an opportunity. And he's like, well, I, I've, been, I've been fighting so long. I deserve it. You know I deserve it. You know how hard it is. He's like, listen, I already beat you. I gave you an opportunity. I beat you. I gave you not another opportunity. I beat you. We're done next challenger i mean that actually felt like a real conversation i thought this was very well done then also enter nakamura who you know apparently if you an open challenge just whoever gets the guy that put the music on first wins it's there's never like five guys that come out at the same time accepting the challenge which has bothered me for i don't know 40 years in wrestling um <laughs> apollo cruz stays at ringside of course and, uh, well, Chris, you're more of your, our play-by-play guy, so. Well, right. can I just add quickly, Apollo Crews, <laughs> Apollo Crews has totally won me over, man. Like, he's improved. It's only taken him, like, five years, though. But he's improved on his mic work tenfold. And he looks like a million bucks right now. And even the way he carries himself is so much better, man. He does it. He looks confident. He backs himself. And I think he's improved tenfold. I think uh, the sky's the limit for for Yuha. Uha Nation. Not Yiha, Yuha. Uha. Uha Nation. Uha, Uha, sorry. Uha Nation. Just to be specific. Um, Anyway, Chris, go for it. This match was, was, it was okay. I'm going to be honest with you. And I know that there's a lot of people listening right now who are big into Shinsuke Nakamura. I know that, you know, Jimmy I'm really one of likes them. Shinsuke Nakamura. Right. <laughs> uh, his shtick of the gyrating and the shaking and everything, it works no. when there's a crowd me. <laughs> there who wants it. Okay. When there's nobody there, it just comes across as like, is he is he having a seizure? What happened? Does he <laughs> does he need Ritalin? Does he need Maybe sugar? he was doing the electric boogaloo, bro. Maybe he was doing the electric boogaloo or some shit. There's just something about the way that Shinsuke works. He needs a crowd. And without it, it just comes across as being really silly. Um, you know, this match, it never really got going too much. Big E is impressive. Every single time he picks somebody up the way that he does, you're like, damn, this guy is as strong as he looks. And he looks like the Hulk. So, you know, it's always impressive. Uh, it doesn't really get going. Apollo uh, comes in, nails a drop kick which that's not how most heels interrupt matches, but okay, he nailed a drop kick. And uh, that was the DQ. It looks like they're going to feud, which I'm down for. But uh, yeah, this match never really got off the ground for me much. And again, watching Shinsuke shake around is like, there's nobody for you to be connecting with. What are you doing? personally were you surprised at all that shinsuke didn't take offense and start like a little side feud with apollo to sort of delay this a little bit uh it's like he got he got dq'd and it's like he didn't even care hey well, that's shinsuke now pretty much 
Yeah. I mean, they could, of course, pick it up next week again, have a match between Shinsuke and Apollo for, you know, for a title opportunity. It's WWE. But you would think that, I mean, the camera should have gone to Shinsuke and he should have been like, Arr. I mean, I know he was about to be put in the finisher, but, you know, everyone believes they can kick out of the finisher. You know, even Jackson Riker thought he could kick, kick out of the swanton. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I mean, I, I understand wrestling. I know that this is not Shinsuke's story. The story is Apollo and Big E. But still, I mean, you can have more than one person in a story. There's three of us. We're, we're doing okay. We, we talk over right. each other a little bit, but we'll get better. Um, you know, they, they, they can do the same thing there. Oh, by the way, one thing after this is that earlier they did a Seth Rollins sort of highlight vignette, the same one we saw in commercials before. And then they played it again right after this scene. So we saw the same Seth Rollins highlight promo vignette. It's not even a promo, just a highlight real vignette, like within an hour. Yep. Really? I'm glad I don't miss the same it. thing last week. So we have seen yep. this exact same video four times really? in the last two weeks. J just yeah. on those uh, shows. Just on those shows, not commercials during NXT, not on other channels, not on NBC, not during other <laughs> properties. I mean, not on the bump. I, the it's, bump. It's so bad. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I, I missed last week's SmackDown. And I'm glad I missed this bit for this week. Because... Well, well, speaking of bad, because Seth Rollins is coming out next, oh, the entire roster comes out and starts Why? walking around the ring to see what he has to say. Were they walking and... to Mecca? What was going on? I, they were just walking slowly to surround the room, like they were lumberjacks, but it was men and women, and they showed you some of them. In there is the guy whose eye he removed, Ray Mysterio, that's going to listen to him. Oh, yeah, Dominic, yeah. his son, his former acolyte, maybe still acolyte Murphy, <laughs> who knows? I mean, heels, faces, everyone. I mean, it, 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 they're all singing Kumbaya. Yeah, so I, you know, so they're coming out to honor Rollins or listen to it. It wasn't very clear. And all I was thinking this entire time, and of course they didn't play off it at all, was how is Roman Reigns going to feel about this? Isn't, isn't this the ultimate disrespect to him? Isn't he the head of the table? He's lying. Someone tell him he's talking shit. because he's you know, nobody, nobody comes around to, to surround the ring when he's there to, to listen to right. what he has to say. And if I was him, I'd make that an issue next week. I'd be like, where are you? I'm the I, head I of the would, table. I would too. So the next thing I was thinking... Well, surely, okay, this is this is going to be the start of Seth's face turn. And it's we get turn, back yeah. from commercial, and we hear oh, no. Burn It Down, his old architect, oh, no. not the Messiah music. So, of oh. course, you know, that, that feeds into what I was thinking earlier. Okay, well, here comes the, the face turn. And I, I have I previously said on the show how I think that they wasted the opportunity to let Seth go away for childhood and have him come I'm back not. as a face? Yep. Okay, so I don't want to repeat myself here on that. Not at all. Um, but so we hear that. But he's, but it's sort of a dead giveaway when he's in a complete black leather suit with a black leather shirt and a red leather oh. and the, the black glove only on one hand. I mean, that, that's total heel. Illuminati confirmed. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> and by the way, who else wears a glove on one hand? Roman Reigns. So, <sighs> so anyway, and Sean Spears, who I'm pretty sure will show up anytime now. Um, <laughs> so he comes Maybe. into the ring. <laughs> he says, I've, I've, I'm back. I've been gone a long time. A lot has changed, mostly me. I'm a parent now. I'm a proud parent. I'm uh, a beautiful, perfect baby girl. 
the, the people start to clap for him. Everybody's like, oh, great. Seth Rollins has, has come to his senses. He goes, I have a new vision. And the vision is that I am the great leader to lead SmackDown to even greater heights. SmackDown That's needs it. to grow in the future. And That's I can it. be your leader. And all you need to do, it's so simple, is just embrace it. So everyone starts shuffling around. Everyone's leaving. They're all groaning. Seth apparently has no peripheral vision like the referee. So he should be a referee. <laughs> Doesn't notice that any of them are leaving. So he looks down and all of a sudden they're gone. Uh, and then he looks around ringside. And the, o- the only, w- this is when he still continues anyway, saying it's easy just to embrace my vision. And he notices that Cesaro is still standing there. He's still left. He's like, I knew it. I knew it would be you. I knew that you would understand. And Cesaro says something like, you're not the leader here. And he starts to walk away. And as he walks up the rampway, Seth attacks him from behind. The, the referees try to break it up. Seth get escapes keeps beating up cesaro daniel bryan rescues runs away and cesaro is acting like he has a shoulder injury so the question becomes will cesaro be able to compete later or will he be 100 percent um then like almost immediately they go to bailey coming to the ring and then it cuts to a commercial that was riveting jeff Thanks. that was that was riveting and I, I mean the way you explained it i never saw that segment and boy, You're I just thought up I'm yeah. lucky. It felt like I was there, man. And and I pictured it. I pictured it. And it made me sick. I'm not gonna lie. That that is just I don't know what WWE is trying to get at here and what they're trying to do. I thought fucking uh Roman was the head of the table, but it seems like we're getting a not only the shield reunion, but it seems like we're getting Captain Planet back. You know, fire, earth, water, wind, combine those powers. And by the way, I I should have mentioned it. You know who wasn't around the ringside? Who? Roman, Jay, or Paul Hyman. Or Kevin Owens. Oh, yeah, Kevin Owens either. That's odd. Yeah, yeah. So this is the next match with Bailey versus Liv because she beat Ruby Raya last week. Ruby is with Liv. Uh, She's outside. My question is, where's Billy Kay? Um we see Natty and Tamina watching backstage. Why it's not a tag team match? I'm not sure. They're not. I mean, uh, who cares about Natty and Tamina anyway? Uh, you know, but that's not even important. So Billy Kay does come out, you know, with her CV and her pictures or whatever, and she's lobbying God. Ruby. Ruby's not interested. She's not interested at all. She takes Billy Kay's portfolio and her pictures and she throws them on the floor, which apparently is supposed. Like last week, they blamed Ruby. I mean. Billy on distracting uh, Ruby so that Bailey could get the win, which didn't seem like that's what happened at all. It just seems like Bailey reversed a move and put a finisher and beat her. And, and it's the same thing here. They're blaming the outside antics for Liv simply getting beaten clean by Bailey, but B- Bailey knows the script and she's playing it off too. So she's laughing at, at Liv. She's laughing at Ruby. She walks out. She sees all the papers on the floor. You think because Billy was politicking with the maybe that. You know, you thought that maybe Bailey was going to bend over and help her pick this stuff up and they would become best <laughs> friends. But no, she laughs at Billy Kay also. Um, so, you know, that's it. There's nothing. And then we abruptly cut to the backstage where Kayla is interviewing uh, Cesaro. Uh, and basically, yes, Cesaro, he will compete. Daniel Bryan is wearing a shirt. And yes, I confirmed this week on his shirt is a marijuana leaf in the in the form of a, like a finger saying, yeah, with yeah. A, yes, What's what the what's up with that is he a smoker now or is he like yes he's he's very much for the legal 
legalization of marijuana, and I'm sure he's celebrating the Oregon decriminalization. Uh, and but last week uh, I noted that on his trunks and on the shin guard portion of his boots, it looked like they were marijuana leaves, and so it's oh it, god, it, there's no doubt left. Um, Can I just you know, say, that's been legal in Canada thing, for a while. I'm just just saying. <laughs> Well, well, you guys are we'll very, just, very progressive there. Very, very, very progressive. Thinking. Very. Yeah. Thank you. Well, can Thank I just mind. add, I, I hadn't watched SmackDown for a couple of weeks now, and already this is bizarre land. What the fuck has happened within the last couple of weeks? What the hell uh, is this? I don't know. Hey, Daniel Bryan's pretty- a stoner now? What am I missing? Seth Rollins is, is Illuminati confirmed. Uh, Roman Reigns is the head of the fucking... Uh, of the Samoans or whatever the hell's going on. Bailey says ding dong. Ding dong. I mean, Billy Kay. Uh, man, I don't know, man. Uh, what the hell's going don't on? Don't you in say this a bad thing? word about Australia's version of Bret Hart now. Come on. Chris, <laughs> I'm going to kill you in a minute. All right, please. <laughs> I hate, dude, Billy okay, Kay. Well, well speaking of throat, backwards. Boy. Right. Speaking of backwards things that don't make sense and very Americana, the street <laughs> profits are at the Daytona 500. Um, oh, that's that screams Americana, particularly uh, on right. Black History Month. Yes, <laughs> I mean, I just want to interrupt. I, I got to interrupt. I got I got to I got to tell you my actual notes for this segment. Blah blah blah. Please. Daytona, the street profits <laughs> give a belt to some guy who drives fast. The fast driver guy gives them Daytona cups. That's my actual you know notes. Per, 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 perfect. Nothing, nothing more needed than in this segment. There's nothing I can say other than to get us taken off the air. Um, so, so next we come back to the street profits coming into the ring, and apparently oh boy. giving someone else an opportunity, another opportunity to get a title shot, even though they're not the champions right now. And who are they giving the shot to? The team that lost last week, Otis and Gable. So my notes are yeah. Uh, yeah yeah so <laughs> the, you know obviously there's some miscue gable is saying go for the clothesline go for the clothesline and and when otis is going for the clothesline uh i think it was dawkins pulled down the top rope and otis went tumbling over it uh got knocked unconscious because we never saw him again until the very very end um and the street profits they they get a hot tag and dawkins you know kicks uh, gable and then then um uh, Montez Ford hits that beautiful frog splash of his, and and uh, the Street Profits win. Um, and that, then we had the both. Yeah, so that that leads to, of course, Otis being mad at Gable for finally miscoaching him, and then finally, but fi- no, not no, at all. No, that didn't happen. Uh, Gable is helping Otis up and helping him walk to the side of the ring. Meanwhile, the Street Profits are sort of going up the ramp backwards, and at the same time, Sasha Banks' music comes out, comes up during the Street Profits' exit. And they decide that they should all dance together, to which I type stupid, 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 really stupid. Can I just say before you say something, Chris, the only thing that would have topped it off for me is if Otis, which I don't know why they name him after a cat or a dog, whatever. That's a pet's name in my in my opinion. But anyway, I'll continue. You know what would have popped me? If Gable and Otis's finisher was the battery ram that the bushwhackers used to do. Do you remember that? Sure. Tell me that wouldn't be over, where Gable grabs Otis's head, gets him in the headlock, and then just rams him like a battery ram into their opponents. And then he can go, hey, and start licking Gable. 
Tell me that wouldn't be over. This whole thing. I don't understand why they broke up Heavy Machinery, which was a functional tag team, and not even have the guys split them split them from a brand. It didn't really help Otis any. It Tucker's gone. He's nowhere still. Yeah, where is Tucker? Uh, is he on Raw sometimes losing the 24-7 title skirmishes, uh, to steal your <sighs> word. Um, <laughs> and now Gable's in a tag team that's going nowhere with a gimmick that's okay. I mean, they should at least win some of the time. I mean, you need tag teams, so let them win some matches. Anyway, I mean, this was, I mean, if you're going to do stupid, this was Taylor written for Otis to get up there and start dancing with, with the rest right, of us. Right, like, right, right. And for Gable to be like, we just lost them. What if we don't dance? Don't be logical, Jeff, please. Don't that be would logical. have at least been <laughs> stupid, but okay. I mean, but it was, but no, none of that. Um, so anyway. The, the only reason that I can see them doing this, like the one thing that, that stuck in my head here is who is, uh, who is Bel Air married to? Montez. Montez. Right. The only thing that I can see is maybe they use this later on and there's something about like, why are you dancing with my man or something like that? Because otherwise <laughs> this was a complete really? and utter waste of time and film. I have no idea why else they would be doing this. Well, right. well, let, well let's hope that you're right. Let, let, because that, that makes sense and that's close enough to long-term booking. And you know what? That's a wrestling story. So right, but but fine. knowing this company, they probably won't go that route. So yeah, no, it no, it's it's you know just because people like to have fun and and you know Otis likes to have fun, but I guess not after he fell over a rope because that nothing like that's ever happened to him before in wrestling. No, he's um, not a professional yeah. fighter or anything. Uh, no. Anyway, here no. we got Banks. She uh, she comes out. She wants to know what's up with Bel Air. She wants to know what's going on in terms of is you know are you going to challenge me? Or are you going to challenge someone else? What's going on with this WrestleMania main event? Uh, Bel Air Bel Air comes out. She kind of interrupts Banks, and Banks kind of has like a okay, like you interrupted me. I don't like that, but we're still friends. I can smile about this. Like you know, we're 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 cool that kind of like we're cool, but we're not really cool kind of uh, kind of attitude about it. Uh, Belair doesn't really get much out in terms of a, uh, in terms of saying anything. And uh, they're interrupted by the Holy Warriors, uh, <clears throat> Baszler and Nia, and Nia Jax. Thank you. I'm here all week. Um, <laughs> Baszler and Nia Jax, they want the focus to be on them. Uh, you know, they're the most dominant and they're, they're the, they're the best. Um, uh, Banks shares a video of Baszler getting beaten and uh, Baszler gets mad about it. And then Banks says, no, that wasn't even the, the video we wanted. Show the other video. And I just thought, oh God, like you did one thing that people reacted to. So you're going to play it 800,000 times over the next two weeks. God, exactly WWE. right. Fucking annoying, man. Like, if if you watch like Dave Chappelle is fucking hilarious. If you watch his stand up special on a loop for seven fucking days, at the end of it, it's not funny. And that's what WWE does to everything good that they stumble their idiotic fucking ways into. So this whole right. my whole thing comes back up, and it's oh ha ha your whole ah uh, look at look We're we did something man. that someone said was funny, and it's a whole oh. and they have a whole. And, and you know what the best slash worst part of this whole thing is that she didn't even yell my whole this time, even though they recreated the move. They literally sure recreated the damn moment. Exactly. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, recreate the move, move, go, go, not my hole again, something. I mean, but even that, even if they were to do that, right? What the fuck is this shit? What is this play school? It's bad. You know what I mean? Like, this is fucking ridiculous. It's really left a bad taste in my mouth, to be honest with you guys. And it's already drained me just hearing it. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's drained all of us. I can tell. We've just, we're zapped. Like, this show. It was rough. But I will say the next match was good. This was yes. Ziegler and Rude against Daniel Bryan and Cesaro. You know, Sammy Zayn and Corbin came out early to observe to see who else was going to be in the elimination chamber. At one point, they showed Roman and Paul watching from his suite with interest. Uh, no Jey Uso uh, that I didn't think too much about at the time, uh, but it mattered. Anyway, this was a good match to and fro. I mean, they they played the Cesaro's injured story, but uh, it, you know, it. it came up and then Cesaro uh, put the, the swing straight into the sharpshooter, which a few weeks ago, Chris and I discussed whether that was a good finisher move for a heel. But as it turned out, Cesaro was turning face again. So the face turn seems to be official and at least medium term. So we no longer weeks. need to disagree on the move set. Um, <clears throat> right. Dolph tapped. So the, the faces are in the elimination ch- chamber. And as they're standing strong, uh, Jay Uso comes up from behind Daniel Bryan and, and uh, I'm sorry, behind Cesaro, hits him with a chair, uh, and they pan the camera over to see what's going to happen with Daniel Bryan. And we see that Sami Zayn and Corbin didn't miss a beat. They pulled uh, Daniel Bryan out of the ring and they started beating him up. There was chaos because at some point Sami Zayn and Baron Corbin sort of turned on each other um, and started fighting. So everyone's fighting. And then Kevin Owens came, you know, his music comes out, he runs in. He stunned everyone. We see Roman in the suite. He is nonplussed. And the show ended with two minutes to spare. The the, the copyright symbol came up at, hallelujah. at 9.58, which, yeah, it was sort of a hallelujah, but it was a little bit weird. Usually, I mean, Raw, they're, they're rushing the ending or anything. Right, you're right. No, definitely. I mean, I, I was sure something else was going to happen, but there was that. That was, that was the show, and... The show that has <sighs> traditionally been the best show, um, right? You know, the, every week in wrestling for the last few weeks. This, this definitely for the last three weeks, at the very least. This was a miss. This was a miss for me. This is a bad miss. It was that bad of a miss that it really, uh, yeah, fuck this company. Sometimes, seriously, the 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 three steps forward they go, they end up taking another twenty steps back. This show to me just was all over the place. I didn't know Daniel Bryan was a stoner now, and obviously he's too stoned to realize what happened to him. So, uh, and and believe me, Vince will make a story of that. Guaranteed, he's going to be the whole effing show, except it's Daniel Bryan. I, I honestly, do you know I, what I mean? I I think I think the old man is done. Like I think the old man is is, is out of this as much as he's going. You think to he's going to be cuckoo? Breathing. No, <laughs> I, I, I I I literally don't think he's he's there controlling it the way that he used to be i mean i think that he I've still heard, obviously he has some say, right. some say but uh but honestly right. like well so yeah. then who's booking this shit pritchard is a fucking but, brother but whoever himself? booked tonight definitely needs some help i you know i here, here's what i'm gonna say the the main event was a good match i obviously as a canadian i love that the that the finisher is the sharpshooter um i'm just gonna i just also want to say like it's incredible how effective the sharpshooter is when a guy actually sits down on it instead of just wrapping the other guy's legs around them and then kind of half standing and half sitting 
which is how people seem to want to put the sharpshooter on. I saw the rock put the sharpshooter on like that about 800 times. He never got a win with it. He was the guy like, that started doing that shit. Like, you know, he was the reason everybody started do doing the damn it. Move properly. You can see how effective it is. Uh, and that anyway. shit hurts by the way. Yeah, it does because somebody's literally it really does. your it goddamn really does. back. It's, it fucks your it's lower back up big shit. time, man. Really um, does, and I don't know, I don't know what you're complaining about, Jeff. This was an amazing ending. I mean, how can you complain about another show going off the air where Kevin Owen comes in right. and stuns everyone? That's that's the money shot, man. It's like we haven't <sighs> seen that before or anything. It's not like they've overdone that to death. It's the stunner. You know what it is. I, I, I have a, a bias against guys who are 5'10", 265, fat with beards. Oopsie. <laughs> sounds like me too, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Well, well, I'm 6'1", no so pump. fuck you guys. <laughs> I know. You're, you're, you're a veritable giant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're lucky. Well, anyway. Look, all I want to see next, since this show was just what it was, a, a big clusterfuck, all we need now is next week for Kevin Owens to be wearing a bib at the table of Roman Reigns while he's wearing his bib, eating like a fucking pig that he is, right? That would at least be an interesting skit where he's at the head of a table and he's got like all the faces <laughs> there and they're all serving him. And, you know, they, you know, it's like, but instead of being forward with the child, it's like Golden Corral or Show Needs or something. Right. And I'll go one better. You have the Walter Samoans there, right? Eating the chicken fucking pieces, like in the mouth, not even talking English, just going, you know, like the head shrinkers used to do. And then bang, that's it. We're off to the races. We can even have a all you can eat competition. Or at least or at battles. least the waiter is Hurricane Helms and he comes up. <laughs> <laughs> and then Vince comes in, right? And says, Ah, look at you. Oh, you fat shit. Saying to Kevin Owens how fat he is and Roman is the head of the table and I don't know, man. <laughs> like I said, that would amuse me in a in a weird way. I don't know why, but it just would. But after that show, anything would amuse me than this shit. Like seriously, it, it yeah. was not a great show. It was it was not a great show. It wasn't a good week for WWE general. No. It's sad when NXT is the best show of the week. But but also felt like it was sort of blah. Yep. Yeah. True. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. This company is just weird. I don't know if it's the old man himself. I don't know if it's Pritchard, who I don't even understand why he still got a job there and why he got his job back. I don't know if it's the little minions that are too scared to go their own way and just parlay to the boss. Do you know what I mean? I just don't know. I don't know, boys. Can you guys like? talk any sense to me because i just don't get it no you just and, asked me to make sense yeah. of wwe booking yes i am <laughs> i'm asking jeff and i'm thing I've ever heard. i, I, I really mean, am because I, I don't fucking get this shit do you want me to make sense of it for you the only thing i tell you is i don't <laughs> think their focus is on the television product their focus is on i'm making business India. deals they're, right they're, their focus right. is on expanding really? to latin america and that's, and cardi that's B the problem and, and cardi b right money and oh, and God. I guarantee you, we don't know about it, but I guarantee you that three times a week they're calling someone in China about getting the network into China. I agree. Um, so that's Look, their focus. They're probably working on when they can safely be uh, back in Saudi Arabia to get another 50 million. I, I, you know, uh, I, that's what they're focusing on. I guess they're wondering, 
what's it going to take to have Jinder Mahal relocate to India since he's from <laughs> Canada? Right, right. <laughs> so, so, that, so that he can be their their heel champion for the first eight months until they figure out who the who the organic baby face is going to be to take him down. Well, uh, look, I just want to say, and that's the big issue. What you just said, Jeff, is all those business deals that they're doing. If someone was being at least uptight and not give him the money so easily, I bet they would have an incentive to actually improve the product. But because they've got the money already in their pockets, there's no incentive to improve this shit. You know what I mean? So we're going to get fed this shit for the next year easily. Also, the I don't know. Listen, I, I think that everything is interrelated. The stock market Definitely. doesn't seem to have been reacting very well to the peacock thing. I don't that's quite, strange i don't yeah. quite get it so there might Neither be quite, so you know i don't know if peacock isn't paying wwe like like ten dollars maybe they're paying them 4.99 instead or whatever it is but you know they it doesn't seem listen the market could be reacting to a million things that i don't know about but that's the biggest news and all of the news has been good um right. so i you know i guess they're not really buying into the fact that the WWE network and product will have partnership opportunities and a platform with exposure to 33 million more people. I mean, I guess they figure that, hey, you know, 330 million people already have access to Fox and 270 million people already have access to USA. Right, what, right. what the hell difference does this mean just because they can watch it in another place? They already have it. So I guess from that perspective, it makes some sense. Again, it could be other things that the market's reacting to. And it just could be people taking their gains from about a week and a half ago when the stock went up to about 58 bucks. So right, right. I, I, I don't know, but I am sure that Vince watches the stock price every single day, all throughout the day. And, and you know, that, that's got to be bother, bothering him because it had to be a point of pride to give up control of the U.S. domestic network for five years. No doubt about it. I'm still surprised by that deal in some ways. It's I'm not saying it's a bad deal, but it's definitely a great deal. But at the same time, I'm a little worried too. But in saying that, I will give it another month, Jeff, before we really see like the stock change and stuff like that. Because you know, we could we jump into conclusions. We'll just give it a bit of time sure, before before we make that that assessment. But we're not journalists know, here, but we, you know, but right. if we're going to speculate, we might as well speculate. But I, oh, no I'd, doubt. I'd say that I, the road to WrestleMania so far is bumpy. And Oof. I'm not happy with. I tripped really, over into a pothole, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair. That's, yeah. And, and, you know, one flat tire and a couple <laughs> of hubcaps went away. Oof. Um, I really didn't like the raw elimination chamber match concept and, ex and, and the execution to date. I'm not thrilled with the SmackDown one, but I will say it's at least better. And they did get another match out of it. So you're gonna have Roman facing somebody, but that's someone, as Chris pointed out, will have been through hell before to get there. And um, it's gonna be I'm Kevin sorry. Owens. Uh, and he's the biggest loser all the time. No, no pun intended because there's a show called The Biggest Loser, in case you guys know. Yeah. You know, where fat people lose weight. But anyway, that's that's another story. But it, I, we all know that you're right, Chris, but we can at least hope that maybe this is a way to get a Daniel Bryan or Cesaro title match at Fastlane. But then great. what does I that bring, it. Jeff? Nothing. They're going to lose just, anyway. Exactly. Just something different. Well, of course you, they're going to lose. You, I, don't, I don't want I, Roman I think, to lose. I think that you could, I think right. that you could elevate 
Cesaro from where he is now with a really strong showing. If he's able to win the chamber and if he's able to really convince people on the night um, that he has a chance against Roman Reigns, that will elevate Cesaro from where he is right now. Um, I agree. Kevin Owens is nothing. They they typed in a lot of cheers for when Cesaro got the pin. Yep. Well, I just want to say, boys, I agree with what you just said, Chris, right? Only problem is, once Vince McMahon said on the Stone Cop Steve Austin fucking podcast that he just couldn't fucking reach high enough for those brass rings, he was dead and buried forever for me. That was it. He might as well go back to fucking uh, to Ring of Honor and be called Claudio Costagnoli again. You know what I mean? I mean, to me, that's it. When the boss man buries you for good, that's all he's going to be looked at. He's going to be looked at like that. He can't reach the fucking brass rings, man. It's just, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Not everybody gets to gets to be a gold medalist. It's only one right. third angle. <laughs> hey, cheat. There is, there, there is only. That's fair enough, right? Uh, you know, so and I mean, SmackDown for the week. Um, that was that yeah, was SmackDown. Gonna, but in terms of Cesaro, I'm I gonna, feel like I'm, gonna, I'm on Smack after this review. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm going to end with this, Seriously. Jeff, you and I have had this conversation in the past about Cesaro, right? And a lot of mm-hmm. people have had this same kind of similar comment about, oh, he should go here or he should go there because they're not using him right in the WWE, right? Okay, but listen, basically what you're saying is you got a guy who plays for the Yankees and he bats sixth, right? And he's got a good, you know, he's got a good hitting ratio. He's got a good on-base percentage. You know, he's a, he's a pretty good ball player, but they don't have him at third, right? And and everybody thinks, well, you know, he'd be great at third, but he's not, he's not a third guy. He's not the person you put at third in your rotation. He's the guy you leave at sixth, and he does some cleanup hitting for you, and he's, he's also a good guy, and you keep him employed, and you pay him $100 million every couple of years, right? So he's a good but, hand. That's what you're trying to he's say. He's a really, really good he's, hand, right? He's but, but everybody's but everybody's telling, but everybody keeps jumping up and down and saying that guy should he, that guy should go back to AAA and only get paid two hundred thousand dollars a year because they'll put him at third. Like my yeah, impression is, is that those matter. people are saying they're saying that they should put, send them to the international league that's below <laughs> single A and <laughs> let him let him. Uh, hit cleanup and be a starting pitcher. I mean, that's you know, I mean, that's the intersection or you know, the distinction between real life and being a wrestling fan that, that thinks these titles and things actually mean something. Anything. I mean, Ric Flair, yeah, 16 time champion, but if that really meant something, he wouldn't still be on TV in this ridiculous act when you know he, he's carrying a colostomy bag around or was anyway. Look, I'm not gonna lie. That 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 prop, everybody's starting to use that that term now. That every bout's a prop, as like it's a cool thing to say these days, and and really it kind of bothers me because, yes, I get it. It's 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 predetermined. Their title bouts that mean apparently nothing, but try telling that to Brett the Hitman Hart, you know what I mean? Or or like even uh, even Shawn Michaels, right? In, in particular. Anyone from the 90s and 80s era, I personally felt that the belts meant a lot to these guys. You know what I mean? So people calling it like a prop these days doesn't sit well with me because 
if if I wanted to be if my dream was to be a professional wrestler, regardless if it's if it's up to the boss man himself on where he puts you on the card and he determines if you're the champion or not, you're still the recognized as the number one guy in that company and you're awarded with that belt. So to me that means you're the best. I mean, am I wrong? Well, but but the best is different than than it's not it's not like the Bret Hart best. It's it's you have to be good well, right in the now, ring, right. but you've got to be the star. I mean, you know, Hulk Hogan Roman was the champion is, at a time where they had Mister Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, but see, that's two different things. Though. Like, I mean, you have you have Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, who are both six four, six six. Look like they're they could be in any comic book movie. I agree. Good looking, Jack to the gills, you know, you know. So I, I you know, I look Cesaro is great, but uh, you know, I think that if Bret Hart didn't get concussed and lose his career, and he was forty or forty one years old, he right. probably would be doing the Cesaro thing too. I agree. Listen, yes, the the, the belts are more than props; they, they are recognition that you have a value to the company above someone else uh that, that you are a standard bearer that you are a franchise right. that you're regardless it's true story, right or that you're chasing for the belt or right. you know or that you're and i think that's why drew lost the belt and got it back because then they chase a two-time champion not just a champion because there's always fluke champions right, um, right. but they also sometimes give belts to people because they hope the belts will elevate them. them over right right you know and sometimes it's it's different now it's not the same i mean definitely no i agree back everyone know it's predetermined the fandom is different like when i was growing up was at the end of not growing up but when i was a kid when i was first yeah, introduced yeah. to wrestling it was the end of bruno sammartino's era and the start of bob backland's era bruno right. sammartino had like an eight-year title run and i think 13 years as champion together. Bob Backlund, who's the most boring champion of all time, had a five-year run. If that happened now, people would lose their absolute Oh, yeah, definitely, shit. definitely. But now, whose fault is that, though, Jeff? That's the company's fault for, for making the fans like that, really, pretty much. Not really. I mean, I don't know. I mean, and I think, I think that this Roman Reigns experiment is going to be with somebody who holds the belt for a year and a half, two years. Oh, 100%. He ain't losing that belt anytime soon. No way. Not for a year, not for two years. Heck, I'd be happy if he had a Bob Backlund run or a San Martino run. Honestly, I would be. And because keep, he's, he had his shoulders way above everybody else. And they can keep giving him reasons why. When they bring Jimmy back, well, now he's got another stooge. They could put Bronson <laughs> Reed in there, who's a Samoan, who's a big right, trumper, right. who can... Who can you know carry the heat or pretend the Dabakato is is Samoan and you know have, have and, and by the way this head of the table thing right <laughs> yeah but they've also been saying head of the table applies to like everybody in the WWE universe so they could really bring in anyone I mean right. so I I don't know I, you know I, we'll see whenever I get creative I'm always wrong because WWE doesn't get creative <laughs> right. Um, but, but I'm hopeful that this will be like a long-term kind of run. Or, you know, if he loses a title, it's only for like a month. And like, you know, over 36 months, he's got the title, 33 of them. Steve Austin. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. with that. So, yeah. Um, but not a great not a great SmackDown. Not, a, not the, the road to WrestleMania. 
after a pretty good rumble, um, you know, not, not so great. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, SmackDown was a few flat tires. Yeah, we definitely have have a few flat tires, and maybe the you know maybe the engine is on fire, and um, you know maybe <laughs> definitely. Uh, maybe we're running out of gas. Uh, maybe somebody put salt in the gas tank. I'm not sure exactly how many <laughs> awful things we could go over here, but it's uh, bad. Um, we're we're getting what? into Flintstones car territory. <laughs> yes. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we're getting there. Definitely. So listen. <laughs> Smackdown was bad, everybody, but the Smackdown review was wonderful. Thanks in part. <clears throat> Thanks in part, at least, to Jeff Lipman. Jeff, please tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can hear you, where they can get more Jeff Lipman, which is what everyone wants. Yeah. I, I thought that was head. No. Um, well, <laughs> hey, now here. And you can find my other shows here, Garden of Doom, which, listen, I have a little contest out there. Uh, it's, it's on the Garden of Doom Facebook page. I don't have a good way to describe this show. Uh, I, 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 can, I have a long roundabout way to do it, but it's sort of just the chaos that is my brain. This coming Sunday, Chris is my guest, actually, and, and we're going to talk about the apocryphal gospel. So you tell me what this show is good. about. Um, but <laughs> this is what I, I ran by my parents, who are 80. They weren't thrilled with it, but I said, this is what my show is about. Aliens are real, the world <laughs> sucks, and God is fake. And my father's like, I can buy two of those things. And my, my mother's like, I don't like it. So, <laughs> so judge for yourself. It is now on the Rational Rage Network. So you can find Garden of Doom there. But we're also every place else. Apple, Spotify, Spreaker, you name it. Uh, also Hammerlock Hangover. Also now on the Rational Rage Network, which is a wrestling podcast with my partner, Big Daddy Cool, Steven Pena. We're also part of the UPR network which is a facebook and youtube live shows but you can see them anytime which do review shows i'm on the nxc aew review show on wednesday nights um twitter icarus fell md please feel free to follow me i'm happy to interact there i'm not very good at twitter but i'll try um and yeah and also the pwc wrestling group so uh you know you'll see me around Right on. Well, thanks again for being with us, Jeff. We love having you on. Um, I don't know. I don't know why we're saying we. No, me and Jeff is the we. Sorry, Jimmy. You're the outsider now. Um, <laughs> hey, y'all. You want a war? You got one. All right. <laughs> I love it. Um, Jimmy, you, yeah. you got anything you want to tell the people uh, before we get out of here? Well, just like look up PWC on any social media platform and please like and subscribe rationalragenetwork.podbean.com and that's about it and welcome to the family, Jeff. Very excited to be there. Honored to be invited. Thank you. We're going to have a lot of fun. Listen and to the Rational Rage. To Everybody's hitting it out of the park. We are killing it and uh, we're going to see you next week. Have a good one, folks. See you next week, folks. Peace. Oh, yeah. Want to talk about elimination chamber? That's what you're here for. At this contract for a week, Mr. Heyman, you insisted on doing it this way. This contract stipulates that you, Roman Reigns, will defend that Universal Championship inside the elimination chamber, much like Drew McIntyre. It just says Roman Reigns has to defend the title. So, 
put anybody you want inside the match. Knock yourself out. Have a blast. Live out all your fetishes and your fantasies doing it. And whomever is the last person that survives the brutality of the elimination chamber, that man will get the opportunity of a lifetime because on that very night, a week from this Sunday, the winner of the Elimination Chamber will receive a Universal Heavyweight Championship on the spot against the Tribal Chief, the defending champion, Roman Reigns. What the hell are you gonna do about it? You gonna fire Roman Reigns this close to WrestleMania? So, are you gonna go through this again? Are we gonna go through this same dance this year that we did last year? This is the island of relevancy. Your opinion is irrelevant. His opinion is the only one that matters. So, just look that way, talk to the live audience and tell them, at the Elimination Chamber, next Sunday, you get an Elimination Chamber match like no one with all these SmackDown superstars, the winner. It's an immediate Universal Championship match against Roman Reigns. I can think of two superstars off the top of my head that deserve the opportunity to be in that elimination chamber, and frankly, I don't think they need to qualify. You ever shut up? You're familiar with both of these men. First of which has taken Roman Reigns to the limit. His name is Jey Uso. After what happened at the Royal Rumble, I can think of a second superstar who doesn't need to qualify. His name is Kevin Owens. Rational Rage Network.